Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. So welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlon. This is our brand performance podcast. And I'm really, really excited. This is unique because we don't usually have multiple guests on a time, but I'm going to say this could be the maiden voyage of that. So we have Alan Lazarus and Kevin Palmieri with us, and they are with launching the Hyperconscious Podcast. That's like just right there, the Hyperconscious Podcast. We're going to dig into that and we're going to you know, go big and beautiful. We've interviewed both of you independently. And so we're going to kind of pull those stories back. Those are going to be in the show notes for people to listen to again to this episode and connect those links. But again, both of you are here together and I just want to welcome you to this episode. Thank you so much for having us. This is the maiden voyage. Let's hope we don't crash this thing into the rocks. <laughs> right? <laughs> we got to get up there and row the boat, boys. We got to row the boat. It's all good. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump in with Kevin, you know, as we are, as we're recording this episode. So people are going to listen to us. It could be five years from now. They're going to be tapping back into this episode. Why don't you share from your perspective where we're at today when we are recording this podcast episode? Give us a glimpse into how you see it and where we're at. Yeah. So I think a lot of people right now are dealing with the struggle of the coronavirus. I think most places are kind of shut down at this point. Massachusetts just got a stay home put in place. So you're supposed to stay home unless you're essential personnel. And you're learning very quickly that a lot of people were really focused on the day to day and just how to get by. And they never, even me and, and Alan, I never saw this coming. So I think that there is a lot of the uncertainty of what's going to follow. What am I supposed to do? Like, what if the worst comes to worst? Am I going to be able to get food? You know, people are hoarding toilet paper. I think we're in a very unique time where a hundred years from now, this is going to be in the history books. No question. That really happened for America was kind of 9-11. And, you know, I already am very hopeful. And I believe that after this, we will unite and it will make people you know, feel grateful for what they have because just like everybody else, I've been taking things for granted and this really uh, highlighted that for me. So yeah, that's where we are now. We're in a very strange time, but strange does not mean uh, lack of production. No question. Okay, so Kev, just to circle back around, what is different for you? Like right now, what has impacted you differently personally? And you can share whatever on a personal scale, on a professional level, whatever, but like what's different for you right now? Uh, so my gym shut down a week ago and Alan and myself are both big into the gym. That's how I start every day. And honestly, that really threw me off because I get up at 4.30. I'm at the gym at 6. When I don't have to be at the gym at 6, I don't have to be up at 4.30. So it kind of, and, and that's the thing. I want to be open and honest. I definitely have been struggling with my morning routine versus before when it was just easy. But in terms of business, luckily, and, and I'm grateful for this, nothing really has changed. If anything, has actually gone in the opposite direction and things have actually been better. 
Okay, so what I'm hearing you say right there too, Kevin, is like you've really validated yourself with this amazing morning routine and that's how powerful it is. And so when you get back to it and you're able to push that reset button, man, you, yeah, you know the value that it brings. And so you're never going to let that go again, are you? No, it, it, sometimes it takes not doing something to realize how important right. and valuable it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Alan, let's, you know, let's step into your world for a minute. Let's take a look through the lens that you're seeing it personally, you know, like what, what is, what does it look like for you? Uh, one thing that did jump off the page for me is uh, a lot of the work that Kevin and I have been doing for the last, you know, for me, five years, for him, three to five years, personal development wise, there's this great quote that I'm, I'm sure you've heard by Tony Robbins. He says, the quality of your life will ultimately be determined by the amount of uncertainty you can handle at any given time. So I think one of the things that jump off the page for me in terms of something to bring to the table here is a lot of the inner work that I've been doing and that Kevin has been doing and that we've been doing with our clients has really shined through during this storm. I picture like a bunch of sailboats in the ocean and when it's calm seas, everybody is headed in a pretty good pace. Everybody seems to be rowing in the same direction and everything's all good. As soon as a storm comes, there's a few ships that are still steadfast, and that's leadership. And I guess a lot of the inner work that I've done in the past two to five years, personal development-wise, is really starting to pay off in ways I couldn't have imagined when everything was smooth sailing. Yeah. So once again, you're validating yourself with that. That's, that's amazing. Before we got on this call, we were interacting, and we mentioned the word intention right? Mm. You've really put some intention into where you're at and it's serving you at its highest level right now because you were intentional about it. It's kind of like we have a very well-designed life and I'll be open and honest, I was freaking out a little bit this morning and it's interesting because the freak out, for lack of better phrasing, hit me a little later than most. And Kevin and I were on the phone, we had a coaching call with one of our coaches, David Meltzer, and before it, I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. Again, I can't go to the gym. Uh, the podcast is virtual now. And I, I wanted to go back to my fundamentals. And I feel like I had a very well-designed life that was based on the day and the decade. When I'm clear on my decade, it's very easy for me to execute on the day-to-day. -day. When the decade gets unclear, which it did recently, because I think I always knew that the world was going to go very virtual. Automation is growing exponentially. Companies are automating quickly. They're going to automate even more quickly now because human resources is the biggest expense of every business. I know you're seeing that with your clients. I'm seeing that with my clients. Kevin's seeing that with his clients. And a lot of the jobs that are going to go away during this crisis are not going to come back, to be completely frank. I want to help people have an impact online. And I think that having to pivot my decade has really brought some uncertainty to my day to day. But I, I've been super intentional and I actually feel really good today after getting some more clarity. Mm. Yeah, and clarity is where it's at, right? I mean, because it's uncertain, but... How powerful is clarity? I mean, so, so take us even further, Alan. So, you know, you had that moment and you were able to reframe. You say you've got a little bit more clarity. How is that clarity serving you? And what did you get more clear on that's giving you the piece that you can speak of right now? Oh, such a fire question. So I have these sort of formulas that I run in my life. And one is a purpose prayer that I say to myself every single day. And that's really uh, seven statements of value in the first person that I say to myself of like my highest self. It's, it's like a letter from my highest self to my non-highest self to try to aspire to. So that's where everything starts. That's sort of my true north. Now, when it comes to a couple other things, I think of it as this one formula, mastery, impact, and money. So mastery is what crafts are you going to master? I'll give you an example. So fitness could be a master, a mastery of a craft. Then impact. So who are you going to help with that mastery? Who are you going to help get in shape? Who are you going to personal train? And then money is how much money do you make? Uh, how do you make your money? And then where do you invest it? And so 
where I invest my time and energy is based on what I believe will have the maximum impact, money, and mastery in the long term. And now that I've seen the world change a bit in the short term, I didn't understand the full implication of that in the long term. And one example of something that I kind of stopped doing that I now am going to double down on is social media. So I don't feel like I've done a good job at mastering social media. That was something I intended to master at one point, and I kind of stopped mastering it in my opinion and now that i've seen the world going more virtual quicker it's made me realize like oh wait i kind of am leaving some impact on the table there i need to reevaluate love it yeah and i love how you're speaking that too and and how compartmental you are as you describe that because i think that just adds clarity too so it's like this all this big unknown and all of these moving parts you're saying you know you're paring it down you're getting really compartmental and then you're saying okay this is how i'm going to measure it those are the things within okay so kevin where do you picking up on as you know where are you going to jump in on that you know what what alan just shared so i think alan and i are very different creatures and we have been since the the beginning for me, the clarity was just understanding that I want to be the best in the world at like three or four things. Once I realized that, then it was a matter of, okay, how do I reverse engineer doing that stuff every day? So I actually was on a call with a client the other day and I asked her what she wanted her life to look like in the future. And she told me and I said, okay, Amanda, just so you know, the life that I'm living now on episode number seven, I said was going to be my life. I wake up when I want, I go to sleep when I want, I podcast when I want. I get to go to the gym when I want, not right now. I am living the life that I designed. And for me, it was just a matter of looking into the future and saying, your best day would look like what? Okay, how do you live that every day? And obviously easier said than done, but you know, that's the goal is to turn uh, hard things into, into your life. Like that's the goal. Well, you're describing that it's possible. I mean, truly, like everything that you've just said, I mean, those things are all possible. And it's just a matter of saying, you know what, I'm witnessing it. I know that it is. And this is what I'm doing about it. And that feeds a lot of possibility for others. Because there's a lot of people who don't look through the lens in which you are. And so just by you describing it like that, I think gives people greater insight for themselves. Yeah, I think the first step, like if you're watching or listening to this, have the audacity to say out loud, maybe it's just to yourself, maybe it's to somebody else, but have the audacity to say, this is what I want my life to look like. Because until you admit it, it will never come into fruition. Like you have to first admit it in your mind, then admit it out loud, and then, you know, start making those necessary steps. No question. Okay, so let's dig into this hyperconscious podcast. Can you guys just give for the listeners that are hearing this this episode and they're not familiar with what it is, bring us together. I don't care who goes first in sharing that story, but like how did it develop and what is the purpose of that podcast? My goodness. You want to start, Alan? You want me to start? I feel free, brother. Uh so the hyperconscious podcast started after a dark night where I finally made I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. I made $100,000 in a year. That night when I lied down to go to sleep, I realized that nothing changed other than the number in my bank account. I still wasn't confident. I still was insecure. I had trust issues. I didn't have any clarity. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I realized that like, oh, that's kind of like hyper-conscious. Like understanding that fundamental and that lesson is hyper-conscious. So I started this podcast. I wanted to pull back the curtain on what made people truly successful, what real happiness was, what were the habits of the elite, you know, all sorts of things like that. I think I got 14 episodes in and then Alan and I partnered together and I'll let Alan uh, go from there. So uh, I had a podcast called Conversations Change Lives and the idea was to be a fly on the wall and to have deep talks because 
when I look back on my life and, and some of the differences in the results that I was able to produce early on, I rose in corporate America really quickly. Um, and I noticed that the main difference was not necessarily that I had any different innate talents, but that I recognized certain patterns of what made people successful. And more importantly, I had mentors and great conversations with really smart people. And so my idea was like, okay, take really smart people, put them in a room, have a conversation that's engaging. And then people learn through osmosis that way. Kevin was doing that and hyperconscious, for those who don't know, means acutely aware. And to me, the first step to progress is, is new awareness. I think there's two main problems in the world. I think number one is ignorance and number two is apathy. Either people don't know any better. An example of that would be putting leeches on you to help heal your health right back in the day. So that's ignorance or uh, apathy, which is not caring. So you either don't know or you don't care. And Kevin and I were very caring and wanted to know everything we could. So we combined that into the Hyperconscious Podcast meets Conversations Change Lives. Eventually, <laughs> that got too too long. Uh, it's like on steroids. But I think the, the underlying thing is like Alan was the smart kid who really found success early and realized that wasn't success. And I was the kid on the other side. It wasn't that I wasn't intelligent, but I didn't think I was. I had no college degree. I just grinded for years to make that income. And then I realized that I wasn't happy. So I think that we can hit both sides of the spectrum. I want people who aren't confident to see like me. And I want people who are confident to see Alan, who's been able to bring up his emotional intelligence. I've been able to bring up my mental intelligence and we kind of meet in the middle. So I think it's the best of both worlds. Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. That's, that's huge. Okay. So you bring up the word success a lot, what I'm listening to in this conversation. So let's go there because I think people are always enamored by how other people see success. I'm going to ask both of you, you know, what is true success to you? Uh, true success to me is a, an exponential version of the life that I'm living today. And I know that might sound like a, a cop-out, but I realized quickly that money, money does not solve any internal problems. Can it fix the sink? Yes. Can it buy a car? Yes. Is it going to make you feel more secure? Absolutely not. Is it going to make you feel more confident? Probably not. It'll actually probably send you the other way. So to me, having a successful podcast, and obviously I use the word successful there. Successful to me is just continuing to impact others, getting the messages that you changed my life, just making sure that I'm having a positive impact on people. That's number one. Success to me is having a body that I can be happy with, that is functioning, that is strong, that is healthy. Um, having an amazing relationship. I want to have the most extraordinary relationship. And then being a speaker and a podcast consultant and agency. Very nice. clear. I'm, I'm very clear yeah. on, on what I want. Oh, absolutely. And I think just having that conviction and listening to it, again, those that don't have it really gain a lot by listening to other people who do. And so that's why, because you are so clear and you have conviction and you do have confidence, it's just helpful, I think, for other people to hear those things. Yeah. But just if they're listening, remember like this three years ago, I wouldn't even be on the show. I didn't, I was too afraid. So just because you see this version of me now yeah. doesn't mean you're not at, you know, square one for you. Start saying the things you want, start believing them and start taking action. And you know, your life can look infinitely different. Okay. How about you, Alan? What's, what's true success for you? So I had uh, the wrong idea, I believe, for many, many years, and I thought success meant being really smart and being really successful in terms of monetary value. I, like I said, rose in corporate America really quickly. I was a 1% earner by age 24, and then I got in a car accident. And for the listeners out there who don't know, that uh, really shook the snow globe for me, long story short, because my father passed away in a car accident when I was two years old. 
And so I'm 26 at the time. And this really made me realize, like, I don't know if I've been living a life on my own terms. And I don't know if I ever really defined success for me. You know, I think I did a lot of what I thought I was supposed to do versus what was really in my heart. And that was the day when I went all in on my dreams. So to me, success is maximizing my own contribution that I'm uniquely suited for, believing in myself and my own ability to make a brighter future for myself and others on my own terms. And honestly, it's like, I was actually redoing my mission statement earlier today just because I have a higher sense of awareness now. It really comes down to creating an online educational platform where people can get inspired, motivated, and educated to believe enough in themselves to create their own brighter future on their own terms for themselves and others. And I know that that sounds like an ambiguous sort of thing, but what it really comes down to is having a well-designed life where did I have the courage to always fight for what I believe in and ignore the naysayers who didn't believe in it? And did I love openly and fiercely? Uh, the two regrets that I had most was not living a life on my own terms when I got in that car accident. And the second one was not loving as fiercely and openly as I could. So now every time I have a chance to tell someone I love them, when I really feel it, I make sure I say it. Every time I have a chance to go and carve my own unique path, even though a lot of people think I shouldn't, um, I need to have the courage to really follow that, follow that uh, thing in my heart. And I want to encourage other people to do that, not only by leading my, by example, but also teaching them how. And that's what we do on the podcast. Last thing I'll say is, I remember my girlfriend asking me, what are you most proud of about the podcast? And I said, honestly, we have 300 plus episodes all about how to be a better version of you. Not what we think you should be, but what you think you should be. And that's what I'm most proud of is like, we don't talk about the weather. We don't talk about, you know, some sports team. We talk about how to be a better person. And I think that's what success really is. Okay, so dig into it. So you've had these 300 episodes and you've been able to unearth that discovery. So what does it take to be a better person? I'm curious. I think, so we did a, an episode recently, when we hit episode 300, we did the top, I think it was the top 10 takeaways, Alan, from 300 episodes. I think the number one takeaway is everybody was afraid of what they're doing at a certain point. They just had a big enough why to keep going. And I think, mm. I just think that's part of it. I think everybody is afraid of uncertainty. Everybody is afraid of doing that thing for the first time. And if you have a big enough reason to do it, then I think you'll, you'll be able to do it. But I don't think a lot of people give themselves that big enough reason. They'll say like, you know, I want this, but how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to step on stage when you feel like you're going to have a panic attack? Do you want it bad enough to fly across the country when you're terrified of, of planes? Do you want it bad enough to have $50 in your bank account and still keep going? And I think when you have a big enough why, you're willing to do whatever it takes. How do you get to that why? That is a great question. I was thinking of that in the shower today and hoping nobody would ask me that because <laughs> I, I honestly- You get what you, you know, you get know. what you focus on, Kev. Come on. Y'all know that. That's just going to say it. <laughs> the, the analogy that I came up with is it's very much like a dating, a dating site. I can lead you to the things that might help you find your why, but you have to do the digging. You have to, you have to dig into your past because it's easy for me to say like, yeah, it makes sense what my why is now. But at the time I had no idea. So I would start looking into your past about what are the things you like doing? What are the things you like talking about? If you could only have a couple words on your tombstone, what would they be? You know, mm -hmm. really start asking yourself the questions that matter and what would make you happy for the rest of your life? And then mm -hmm. how, what's the vehicle for you to do that? Okay, so here's the thing too. In the times that we're in, you know, positivity couldn't be more important, right? Oh, yeah. 
And it's, it's an interesting conversation because I think a lot of people have seen it maybe as fluff or, you know, it's, you know, it's woo woo. It's, it's, but what, like, as I speak the words of the power of positivity and strengthening our positive optimistic muscles, why is it so important today now more than ever? Can I take that one, Kev? Absolutely, brother. All right. So this is not woo-woo. This is not fluff. This is actual science. So they've done studies where you take realists and optimists. And realists are actually scientifically proven to predict outcomes more accurately. But, but optimists are wrong more, but they try more because they're so optimistic and therefore they get more lessons, they get more strength, they get more growth. Imagine the person who believes they can achieve the physique of their dreams and the person who doesn't believe it's possible. One of them is going to try a lot more and learn a lot more and become a lot more, even if they're wrong. That's the fascinating part. I don't care if you're wrong. You have to err on the side of optimism because it takes no courage to say what won't work. And how many things, like I often say this in my speeches, I'll say it quick here. The car was invented when there was only horses. The airplane was invented when there was only cars. And the space shuttle was invented and imagined when there was only airplanes. It's like all of those things were at one point impossible. And I just think the people who have the courage to try to do something that everyone else is pessimistic about, the people who have the courage right now to be optimistic, and not only this, but optimism also produces an actual biological positive chemical reaction in your body. Like your immune system is connected to how fear-based you are, to how uncertain you are. Like if you're constantly in fight or flight or anxiety, your immune system will take a hit. So right now, more than ever, like you've got to be positive. You've got to take care of yourself and your body and you got to drive toward whatever that brighter future is for you and uh, lead by example. Kevin, you've got to be hearing something there that you want to jump in and share <laughs> about. What, what's, what are you taking with that? It, it's interesting because Alan and I just talked about that same exact thing yesterday. And honestly, I was the realist. I still am. A lot of the times I think I'm <laughs> a positive realist, but I used to be the person who was very pessimistic. I never thought anything was going to work out. I think that if you're listening to this, if you're watching this and that's you, you have to dig into yourself because you're reflecting the value of yourself. You don't think that good things happen to you because you don't feel good about yourself. And that's where I lived for a long time. When I started feeling valuable about myself, strangely, I started being more optimistic. Why? Because I felt like good things do happen to me. I'm valuable. Like I'm making an impact. I'm helping people. I have, you know, I have clients. I have a, I'm a speaker. I'm this, I'm this. And I started feeling really good about myself and then good things started happening. If you're, if you have the choice between optimism and pessimism, choose the one that you want more of in your life. Because whatever, like you said, whatever you focus on, you're going to get more of. It's the same with your attitude. I love it. Okay. So now you bring me to a really good point. And as I was in the shower, so like we're having this, like, I, I think I've been a fly in both of you guys as well. Cause yesterday you had that conversation this morning. I was in, like, I kind of feel like I'm in your space right now, boys. Um, so synchronistic, totally. I was thinking, you know, so right now the conversation with the coronavirus is being an essential worker. Okay. We know that that is, you know, that's the doctors, that's the police, that's the, you know, those are essential workers, but here's the thing. Aren't we all essential workers. Right. right. Powerful. Yeah. So let's go there. Let's have that conversation because I really want people to hear and I'm really fierce and with this, like we're all essential and it's not a title. It's not, how can we step into knowing that we are essential and that we do have value? What are you hearing me say? Oh, that is so, so, so important. Uh, Kevin and I were talking yesterday. So yes, you are. You are in our ears. <laughs> 
we were talking yesterday a little bit about this before we recorded our podcast episodes, which is like, we did an episode on sales. I'm actually looking at the whiteboard right now. And it's still, we got five questions up here. How do you sell something congruently if you don't wholeheartedly believe in it? So we will never take action or communicate to others on that which we don't believe in. So if you believe on a subconscious level that you're an inessential worker, you're much less likely to double and triple down on productivity, double and triple down on personal development. So I think all of us need to have an unbelievable amount of self-belief in terms of what we do. Like there's a direct correlation between productive output and how much you believe in the value of your product or service. And honestly, like what we're doing right now on this podcast, like if we didn't believe wholeheartedly in the ability for this to positively impact someone, why would we do it? And here's the thing. We've all been positively impacted by our heroes, uh, Brendan Burchard or, or Marie Forleo. We talked about before that when we were in a dark time, they were there for us and we want to be there for others. And it's like, that is what we are. We are people who believe in people who want to help people output more positivity into the world. And honestly, that's like a good fight. And I think that that's just as important as some of those other essential workers you were talking about. And you got, you got to be dogmatic about belief in yourself and belief in your mission and what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I relate to that. Um, my title, Chief Inspirational Officer, right? That is my <laughs> title. That's where I step out. Yes. Am I a business coach? Yes. That's really what it is. But it's more than that. Like um, being able to inspire and that inspiration is vision driven. Motivation's goal driven. And I like to say that and just ground people in that space because having the ability to help you understand what is possible and like, you know, seeing that vision for yourself, connecting to those dots are very essential. Mm. Kev, how synchronistic is what she's saying right now? It's the most, it's the most. Dude, a lot of things crazy. going on right now. Yeah. Can you just adopt me? Can I just, can I just be like part of your hyperconscious uh, process here? Of then? course. <laughs> <laughs> we literally had a, a conversation earlier about the difference between inspiration and motivation, and what you just said is like, oh my god, like yeah. <laughs> that was a breakthrough we had earlier today with one of our coaches. So. Okay, so then how how is that relating? Like, give us the power. Like, take that further for more people. You want to take it, Kevin? I'll let you. I'll let you take it. You have a better okay. understanding of it. Okay. So, <laughs> thank you, brother. Appreciate Welcome. that. I think we think we think. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So, I think inspiration, motivation, education. So, inspiration to get started, motivation to keep going, and education to better your best. I always say that. But here's the thing: inspiration is like a pull. You have a pull towards something. You're drawn to something or someone. The person's places, things, and ideas that are going to get you to that mission. So. When you said mission-driven is inspiration, goal-driven is motivation. I think this is an interesting thing. So let's say in a decade, I want to be a world-class public speaker that's able to bring fitness to the masses. Okay, there's my mission. Now I'm pulled to the person's places, things, and ideas, inspired towards the person's places, things, and ideas that my spirit and subconscious believe will get me there. Okay, now let's say I have to step on a stage, but I'm scared to do it. Stepping on that one stage to get to that decade, I believe is where you need motivation. Because when you're afraid to step on stage, you have to push yourself to do something that you don't necessarily feel like doing. And so I think that's the connection. It's like goals are an incremental step-by-step staircase toward the mission. But the mission is a journey that never really ends. And it's almost always in the macro. It's something that your reach is always exceeding your grasp. Like, the best snipers in the world, they aim past the target. So the goal is the target. Past the target is the mission that you're going for because we all have unlimited potential and inspiring yourself to achieve something greater than yourself mission-wise is going to keep you growing even when the outcomes are not ideal. 
I hope that. No, it's it's totally well said. (laughs) No, and I think that inspiration is like infinity, but the motivation is like the tangible. Right. So it's a little bit of both, right? So it's like- you need both. You need both. One one is the long-term macro. The other one is like today. Yes. Right? That's One guides you. One keeps you on track. One is the ultimate goal. How cool is that? We, we really, fine. yeah, that was that. Yes. That's why and, I let Alan do that. I would have crashed that right into the rocks. That would have been it. Being voyage over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, this very, very powerful. Okay. So this is where we're going to come into the wrap up of this episode. And this is like so good. And we can obviously keep going on and on and, and we will, we'll have, we'll have more, but this is where I want to go. Um, can you share each one of you, take me through a point when you felt the most defeated. I want people to hear because we're saying, and we're being so optimistic here. Can you share with our listeners, where have you felt the most defeated and take us into that space for just a moment? Yeah. If we jump back a year, we, Alan and I were probably 180 episodes into the podcast. Um, I was single. I had like literally $50 in my bank account. I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. I didn't know how I was going to get food. I didn't know how I was going to keep doing the things of the podcast. Cause as you know, podcast hosting costs money. Teaser clips cost money. These, all these things cost money. I, for the first time in my life, I felt so valuable as a human, but I had no results to show for it. And I was thinking to myself, like I have done so much work on myself. I've like, I've given up friends. I've given up vices. I have just done so many things to get better. And I don't feel like I've made any progress. And I just felt stuck and I had no idea what to do. And I think that's important. That's a great question because it's easy to hear Alan and I and you, Marlo, talk about the amazing things and like, oh, business is better. But in order for you to say business is better, that means at one point it had to be worse. In order for me to say I'm happy with my body, at one point I wasn't. That's why I started to, to change. You know, So for me, that was it. That was like a dark time where I didn't know if what I was doing was working I think I've always thought it was worth it, but if you can't pay your bills, you can't keep doing your thing. So how did you get yourself out of that defeat? What's your overcomer story? Like how did you go from that space, which you described 365 days ago, yeah, to yeah. where you are now and in the times that we are facing? Like connect the dots. I learned sales, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so Alan and I talked about it. I said, hey, I'm not making money. I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you should start coaching. You've learned so much. And I'd had, I'd been coaching for years before, but I never considered it coaching. I never charged anybody. We did an episode on how to get over the fear of sales. Number one, understand that you have value and you have to lean into that value. You have to make the person or make yourself understand that if you do not get this person to buy your product, you're doing them a disservice. And that was the first time I ever felt valuable enough to do that. Framing the mindset. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. And you know, sales is everything and you have to sell, we have to sell ourselves every day and everything that we do. Everything. Personal image to the way we act to whatever it is. We are always in that space. But here's the thing too. And I always like to say, if you educate properly, the sale automatically happens. And when I say that, it's, you know, when we're educating, when we're having people watch us, even if it's in the grocery store and you're in the bread aisle and, you know, somebody grabs something that falls on the ground and you pick up that loaf of bread, put it back up on the shelf. People are watching your actions and you're educating them on the type of person who you are. And you then become an extension. And as people witness that, you're selling 
Like you're, you're, you're selling your best self and at your highest level. Mm. And so it's like, you know, sales is everything and deem it the, the name or the word sales. I think it's just doing the right thing. Right. I agree. Well, Alan, what's your take on this? What jump in and share, like take us to a moment where you felt the most defeated. There have been a few really, really dark moments for me. For me, I realized that I have a really high degree of certainty naturally, and I think it comes from my clarity of the macro. So even when I was younger, I, I remember when I was eight years old, I wanted to go to WPI. Like that was the college I wanted to go to. You know, when I was in high school, I wanted to get the president's award. So I got straight A's. It's like, I've always been future oriented. And I think that that's an interesting quality that is rare. And I've come to realize how rare that is. My darkest moment came for me when I realized that what I was going for was not what I intended. So let me give you an example. So we mentioned mission versus goals earlier. I remember when I was 21, I think it was my sophomore year of college, I read Walter Isaacson's book about Steve Jobs. And that was when I decided I was going to change the world and I was going to be a Fortune 50 CEO. And I wanted to make $100,000 out of college, did that. I wanted to graduate with high distinction, did that. I wanted to you know, try engineering, global product management, sales, all this different stuff. When I got in that car accident at 26, I had that question of like, what was all that for? Now I live by a different idea, which is be careful what goals you set because those goals are going to make something of you. And so now you should not set goals to get the goal, but for what the goal will make of you to achieve it. And that one distinction changed the game for me. So a lot of people talk about how it's the journey. And I honestly believe the journey is where the value is. But if you don't choose a destination in advance, there's not going to be a journey. You have to choose a destination that will make more of you. It will force you to face fears you wouldn't have faced before, skills to develop. Everything in our life today, all three of us right now, is kind of a, even this moment, is a byproduct of the mission we've set. And so intentional living, having a well-designed life, is understanding the implications of the goals you're setting. And it's this constant evolving process of, okay, this is what I thought I wanted. Now I got it. Okay, what do I now know and how can I reevaluate that? So evaluate that. So to take you to my dark moment, it was after my car accident when I was just like, oh my God, what if my whole life was wrong? Like, did I ever really choose for myself? Like I went to engineering school because of two reasons. I'm good at math and it makes a lot of money. That is not enough reasons to choose an entire life, right? Like I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love sales. Like I, I love interacting and talking and conversing, obviously. And, <laughs> ah, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to sit at a desk and design circuits because I'm good at math. Like, and it makes money. No, that's not, that's not a smart choice. So for me, my darkest moment was after my car accident when I could have died and not having been proud of who I became. And so that's what I tell everybody. And that's what I'll leave your listeners with is make sure the beliefs you've embodied, make sure the person you've become and the goals you're chasing are making you proud of you. Because at the end of the day, if you're not proud of yourself, the greatest source of unhappiness is self-unhappiness. I think at the end, we're all going to ask ourselves, how courageously did we fight for what we believed in and how fiercely did we love? And so if you're doing those two things, like I think you're winning. When I wasn't doing those two things is when I was in the dark place. Mm, I love it. Okay. And the thing that I know about goal setting, I mean, to me, um, I've witnessed that, you know, chasing the goal is actually chasing the feeling that the goal gets you. Right. You're very ferocious in chasing how you want to fail in life, Alan. And, and with you, Kevin, it's like, you know how you want to fail. You, and that feeling then 
kind of as a domino effect to all the different actions that you take and then how you set those goals and how you achieve those goals. It's because you're really defined on, on feeling a certain way and then those goals are in alignment to that. Yeah, it's a huge connectivity piece. I think people need to understand that too. Like understand what motivates you. Alan and I are total, we're completely opposite people. So if you're watching or listening, like what motivates you? Is it, is it money? Is it, you know, being famous? What makes you significant? Like you just have to learn about yourself. And that is hyperconsciousness. Excellent. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is where we're going to wrap up. Okay. So where can we find you guys? Where can we, you know, connect, add you to our resources? Who wants to share that? Sure. If you search the Hyperconscious Podcast, we will come up. Uh, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Google Podcasts. If you go to our website, it's actually being rebuilt right now, but it is still up, thehyperconsciouspodcast.com. I am at Never Quit Kid, and I'll let Alan do his thing. So if you type in Alan Lazarus on Google, A-L-A-N, Lazarus is L-A-Z-A-R-O-S. It's like the Bible, but O-S instead of U-S. So it's O-S, Lazarus. I'll come up. The podcast will come up. Honestly, uh, if you guys are into what we're talking about, Kevin and I have a very unique podcast because we're so different, but we have similar core values and similar mission. So we've helped each other tremendously. I think all of us are righty or lefty. You know, some are super warm and loving and connection driven and others are very success and hardcore and, and strong and, and, and goal driven. And when you realize that maybe you're a little too righty or a little too lefty, because you see a lot of really successful people financially that struggle in their intimate relationships. And then you see people that are great at their intimate relationships, but aren't really fulfilled in their career. There's a way to have both. And Kevin and I are proof of that. As long as you get around the people that are different than you, but have similar core values. So the last thing I'll say is the podcast is probably the place. If you're interested in that, we're everywhere. Okay. So who's the lover? Who's the fighter? <laughs> what do you think? If you think <laughs> Well, now it's probably hard to tell. Right away, so. <laughs> let's just leave that one unsaid. What a great hang, right? Like we're just going to tease you. And if you want to know, then you're going to have to connect with you guys socially. And exactly. awesome. Okay. So thank you guys. This was amazing. And you know, if this episode left you feeling inspired, you can join us over on our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page where we're going to interact answer your questions and uh, keep the conversation going. So Alan, Kevin, thank you so much. This was just a delight. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Hopefully this went well and you'll have dual people on and it'll be amazing and nobody will crash the boat. <laughs> we did not crash the boat. Good. Marlo, this was an absolute pleasure. This is the first time Kevin and I have ever been interviewed virtually, both of us not in the same place. So yes. I think we did a good See? job. See, so look work. at this. Look at these gifts that are happening, right? Like we're stretching, challenging, and doing. Just so. keep showing up. Circumstances keep. change, keep showing up. Ugh, that is fact. All right, friends. Okay, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, so you. Much. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance and sales. Let's continue the conversation. Join me at www.maverickcommunity.com where you can message me directly. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to increase revenues and sales, plus personal insights from me that I only share in email, Get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you know that we offer a monthly workshop series? Maverick U is for leaders who want to recognize, inspire, and motivate their teams to higher performance. 
Once again, visit MarloHiggins.com to register. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe and leave a review. Tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.